Welcome to our daily portion with WIT Ministries. I'm Matt Russell, and I'm the director of WIT Ministries. And at Walking in Truth Ministries, we want to help people to be able to live a more God-centered, God-focused life and uh, in every aspect of their life. So the purpose for this podcast is for us to really strengthen our biblical discipline of reading the Bible. So I'm going to read a scripture every day where I'm going to share a nugget about that scripture. And then I'm going to say a little prayer at the end. And that will be the entirety of our episodes for this podcast. Uh, Please feel free to check us out at walkingintruthministries.org. Or you can also check out our other podcast, which is Living the Wit Life with Walking in Truth Ministries. I hope that this podcast blesses you as much as it blesses me. And uh, let's go ahead and get started with our daily portion. Are you concerned about what the future holds? Are you confident that the retirement plans that you have today will still be secure tomorrow? Let us help you by clearing up the uncertainty. This is Matt Russell, the director of WIT Ministries. Many of us at Walking in Truth Ministries are bivocational, working in our ministry as well as in the financial services industry at WinBig Financial Group. We help people to build a tax-free and risk-free retirement. Give me a call at 817-903-2575 to support our ministry and to secure your family's financial future. Again, Call today at 817-903-2575. Thank you and God bless. Genesis 14, War of the Kings. And it came about in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, Ariok, king of Elisar, Chedorlaomer, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of Goam, that they made war with Bera, king of Sodom, and with Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, king of Adma, and Shemaver, king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, that is Zoar. All these came as allies to the valley of Siddim, that is, the Salt Sea. Twelve years they had served Chedorlaomer, but the thirteenth year they rebelled. In the fourteenth year, Chedorlaomer and the kings that were with him came and defeated the Rephaim in Ashtaroth, Karnaim, and the Zuzim in Ham, and the Emim in Shava, Kiriathaim, and the Horites in their Mount Seir, as far as El Paran, which is by the wilderness. Then they turned back and came to En Mishpat, that is Kadesh, and conquered all the country of the Amalekites, and also the Amorites, who lived in Hazazon Tamar. And the king of Sodom, and the king of Gomorrah, and the king of Adma, and the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, that is Zoar, came out, and they arrayed for battle against them in the valley of Sidim, against Chedorlaomer, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of Goim, and Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Ariok, king of Elisar, four kings against five. Now the valley of Sidim was full of tar pits, and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, and they fell into them. But those who survived fled to the hill country. Then they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their food supply and departed. They also took Lot, 
Abram's nephew, and his possessions, and departed, for he was living in Sodom. Then a fugitive came and told Abram the, ne- the Hebrew. Now he was living by the oaks of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshcol, and brother of Aner, and these were allies with Abram. When Abram heard that his relative had been taken captive, he let out his trained men, born in his house, 318, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, he and his servants, and defeated them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. He brought brought back all the goods, also brought back his relative Lot with his possessions, and also the women and the people. God's promise to Abram. Then after his return from the defeat of Chedor Laomer and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shabbat, that is the king's valley. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Now he was a priest of God most high. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God, Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. He gave him a tenth of all. The king of Sodom said to Abram, Give the people to me and take the goods for yourself. Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have sworn to the Lord God, Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take a thread or a sandal thong or anything that is yours. For fear you would say, I have made Abram rich. I will take nothing except what the young men have eaten and the share of the men who went with me, Aner, Eshkel, and Mamre. Let them take their share. Aside from all the names that are always a, a wonderful challenge whenever you see some of the Old Testament names, um, aside from all that, there's, I mean, there's keys in here. I mean, the kings have risen up. They're going to battle against each other. Abraham, Abram, at this time, is actually caught right in the middle of that because of Lot. And it's important. It's showing that Abram is is very serious about family. Family is a big priority for him and should be for us too. But he's willing to go to war to protect his family and to rescue them. So he um, he does, and God delivers victory in his favor, and he, he brings Lot and everything back. But then in response to that, in response to that, Melchizedek, Melchizedek comes out. Now, there's been a lot of discussion about who Melchizedek actually is, the fact that he is a priest of the God Most High, and he just comes out of nowhere. And... Um, he says that he's the uh, the king of Salem. But it says that he is a priest of God Most High. He comes to Abraham, and Abraham immediately just sees him coming, prepares a meal, and getting everything excited about celebrating his victory. And then he takes a tenth. Of everything, a tenth of all that he had. And without any uh, prodding or direction, he just gave it to Melchizedek. And a lot of people say, well, that's the first tithe. 
I think the first tithe actually goes further back. Uh, the first example really for me is in the garden. But here, this high priest who comes out, the Melchizedek, coming to Abram, Abram celebrates, creates a feast, and then also gives him a tenth. Now, the um, the king of Sodom said to Abram, give the people to me, take the goods for yourself. So you've won, you've been victorious. Just leave me my people, you can take all the possessions. And he said, no. What was his focus and what he wanted the whole time? He wanted to protect his family. He celebrated and, and gave this offering offering up to uh, the high priest, but he didn't want anything above and beyond. He said, no, this isn't about possessions. Those other guys, they can get what they, they feel they deserve, but as for me, I got what I needed. I was able to rescue my family and make things right. Praise God. Here's a tenth of everything in celebration, praising God for victory. And then that's it. I don't need anything else. How many times in our lives do we find ourselves victorious and we turn around and try to, to grab all the spoils that we possibly can? You know, we don't go into a situation with the mindset of what all can we gain from this confrontation if we win? We don't do that. Or maybe some people do, but we shouldn't do that. But then when you're on the other side of it and realize, wow, I was victorious. Should we begin to try to figure out how far we can take that victory into profit? Or should we thank God for what we've been given and allow God to be the one who's in charge of our increase? I mean, I think the answer is obvious. I think it's selfish for us to think that, well, since we won, let me go ahead and make myself completely rich out of this whole thing. No. In fact, sometimes, what if what if the king of Sodom had turned around to Abram and said, I don't care if you won it or not, I'm giving you all this. This is the letter of the law, and therefore, this is the practice of war. You won... Here are all your spoils. That happens sometimes. It's not out of greed. It's just that that happens. Well, how do you respond? I think, again, the best thing in the example that Abram's given us is pursue God's plan. If God has it for you to have all those spoils and increase, obviously it's for his kingdom, not for your personal gain. So he trusted you with whatever little he gave you or a lot. Either way, what do you do with it? I think that's when you should really seek his kingdom, his will, his desire, and then just be obedient to whatever he says. That is the way we should live our lives. Not always in pursuit of our own personal gain, but 
protecting our family, protecting what God has given us, being a good steward of everything around us, and pursuing God's increase in his kingdom. God, thank you that we're a part of the kingdom. The kingdom is right here at hand, and you allow us to be a part. I ask that as we prove that we can be trusted with little, that you would continue as you said you would. And your promise is, is just pure and, and, and consistent. But as we can be trusted with little, and we've proven that, you would continue to trust us with more. And that we can be faithful in how we pursue actively the increase for the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. And I hope that uh, that blesses you either as an individual or uh, with you and your other loved ones. Uh, maybe this is uh, something that you're utilizing to to spend with your family uh, some time around God's word. And uh, of course, that is great. I love that. And I'd love to hear how uh, the Daily Portion podcast is blessing you. If you would, just go to our website at walkingintruthministries.org and um, go on there and just drop us a little note about uh, this podcast or one of our other podcasts, or even just check out the events that we have available. Uh, but again, thank you very much and look forward to seeing you again tomorrow as we dig into our daily portion with WIT Ministries. God bless.